Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Mangum Talks. I am here with the Brain Trust here at Mangum Talks. I am Liam hereby, joined by Spencer. Spencer, how are you? Doing well, man. And BJ, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? And Levi, rounding out our foursome. Levi, how you doing this morning? Swell. Great. And if you've never joined us here for the Mangum Talks podcast, sort of a general interest podcast, generally what we try to do is come up with some sort of shared experience. So we get the four folks here at the Brain Trust here at Mangum Talks on the line. We share some sort of experience and we talk about it. And inevitably, the conversation moves in all different directions. Today, we are going to try a tea. This is a green tea with rice in it. Before we get going, though, uh, let's do a little housekeeping here at Mangum Talks. We have a couple active pods going on. One is a review podcast of Dapple Plus TV series, Taking the World by Storm. I'm seeing Ted Lasso everywhere. Uh, it's on news, radio, print. Ted Lasso in the zeitgeist, very popular. We're doing a review podcast of Ted Lasso called The Lasso Lowdown. And we have a uh, book club podcast called Mangum Reads that BG will tell you a little bit about. Uh, yeah, so we have our uh, main Mangum Reads, which we usually do short stories, um, often of the sci-fi or fantasy persuasion. We're going through the uh, Hugo Award nominees, as well as the Nebulas and possibly some others. We recently finished some uh, mystery short stories, which were a lot of fun, sort of. Once we decided that they weren't <laughs> mysteries and that's okay. They were a thing. Um, and we also have our uh, side podcast, which is probably more popular than the main one, which is Pottering Around, where we do a chapter by chapter read of Harry Potter. And we are midway, probably a little bit further than midway through the fourth book, uh, Goblet of Fire, which uh, I think is turning out to be our favorite book of the series so far. Um, and that's been a lot of fun. Spencer disagrees. He hates everything Harry Potter and <laughs> thinks that we should be <laughs> reading Lord of the Rings, the vastly terrible uh, series it, that we you will never read. want to things, Spencer equals hate. You s- save a lot of time. No, no need to go into the various derivatives of it. That's true. So, yeah, if you and if you like, uh, you know, general sci-fi uh, fantasy, we do. Uh, we did a uh, review podcast of the HBO show, The Nevers. If you've never seen The Nevers, it's kind of in that same vein. Um, and that's what we call cross promotion, boys and girls. Also, uh, Pottering Around, very good podcast. I just want to shout out Pottering Around. I listen to it every week. Um, I think it's one of the best things we've done on the on the channel. So I really like it. Uh, all right. So today, um, BJ has provided the shared experience. I'll get out of the way and let BJ explain it. Um, yeah. So I sent everybody some tea. Um, and uh, I mean, we had been talking a while about different things that we could possibly uh, do with shared experiences, and both Terry and I had been getting into some teas. And we've done a lot of different sort of floral things, um, but I wanted to take a sharp left turn. Um, and so I got everybody some uh, Genmecha. It's a green tea with roasted rice. I figured this would be a little bit of a deviation from what pretty much everybody on the pod had had before in terms of tea um, and a little bit more interesting and unique experience. Uh, the first time I had this um, was at my old lab in San Diego. There was a student that apparently didn't drink coffee, which was much to the consternation of my boss at the time. So he just bought handfuls of tea and it was just like, well, I don't know what you would drink in your life if you don't drink coffee, maybe one of these will suffice. Um, and this is one of the ones that we had and something that, that I quite enjoyed. And I figured yeah. I'd share with the group. So before we, before we jump into that, I just have a quick question for the group. What, what is your reaction when somebody says they don't drink coffee? 
Uh, because BJ, right there, you, you know, the, the reaction was kind of like, whoa, like I've, I've met a lot of people that when when other people say they don't drink coffee, look at them pretty askance. Like it's it's a weird. Thing. I think it depends on the situation. Um, it's usually a surprise for me when a student in like higher ed doesn't drink coffee, like law school, med school, grad school, where, you know, you're often having weird hours and caffeine maybe isn't a necessity, but a commonality. Um, uh, as yeah. a person that doesn't drink coffee and made the mistake of revealing that to a room full of lawyers, they looked at me like I'd suddenly sprouted a third eye. It was just like, how do you function? We walk around with practically an IV drip following us around. Do you just suffer? But it's well, also no conceptualizing it. The surprise at how do you function may not just be a coffee thing. I think like we have had that reaction. <laughs> open question in general, yes. But it's also kind of interesting, Spencer, because on the Lasso Lowdown podcast, I review a tea every week, and you are always like game for the tea that has caffeine in it. That's what you're looking for. But you don't drink coffee, so like, how do you get like caffeine fix in the morning? Is it is a hot tea? It, I don't usually even usually drink hot tea during the morning when I go to work because I'm in a rush too much. Uh, I occasionally while I'm at work just sip a, sip some tea throughout the day, but normally I just go without caffeine most of the time. See, you really stepped on my joke there. I was going to say Mountain Dew is definitely your your your, your morning drink, right? You wake up, no, you rip off a, a, no. a twenty ounce, and you pound one. No, no monster, no throwing anything back. A little kickstart for Spencer. Get you a life. case of Rockstar, Spencer. I don't need the chemical assistance. Thank you. I just happily go through a fog of sleepiness. We discussed the idea that I use a, a, a touch method to know where I'm wearing shoes when I get into my car. I'm just used to being vaguely sleepy as I go through the morning. That is true. That, Coffee that, might help you. Yeah, it actually may be helpful there. So um, by the way, BJ, I, I, I've, I've seen similar reactions and Spencer as well, that, that people are confused that people who don't drink coffee um, or some sort yeah. of caffeine. Um, I am definitely a person who drinks a lot of coffee. No, not a lot, but regular coffee. Um, mm -hmm. But like, I also recognize I'm just addicted to it, right? Like I'm, I'm just addicted and that's, that, that's what I need. And that if you didn't drink coffee, you'd be perfectly fine. You, you'd go through withdrawal periods, like any other drug uh, for, I don't know, week, two weeks, three weeks, and then you'll be fine. Um, Usually is, not that long, but yeah, but it, it's so but what's it is nice. really funny is tell people that you drink decaf coffee and see what reactions you get. Cause that is way, way funnier. Cause I, like, I like the taste of coffee. I'll happily drink decaf coffee, especially at night. Um, and for a really long time, I was just drinking decaf coffee because I was tired of, as Levi, you said, being addicted to caffeine. And so there was a fairly long period of time where I would get headaches if I didn't have coffee in the morning. And that to me was unreasonable. So, I mean, I just stopped in taking caffeine and, and then I run into a different problem when I accidentally had caffeine every so often, I would stay up for 36 hours. So um, I think there's no winning, but yeah, tell people that, that you drink decaf coffee. And I think you'll get like a, sometimes a similar, like, what are you doing with your life? This is completely unreasonable reaction. Yeah. It's, it's Cause you're in your thirties. Like if you were 75 and you said you, you drink decaf coffee, we'd say, okay, uh, little, little Bernard has a health problem and, and can't have the caffeine. He really likes that coffee taste. Um, His heart's a flutter. <laughs> I'm curious to ask a room of coffee drinkers then BJ, you've said you actually like the flavor of coffee. I don't like it at all. And even go, even polling other, uh, like the uh, circle of lawyers, a lot of them didn't really like the flavor of coffee and used a lot of things to hide the flavor of coffee. Do the rest of y'all enjoy it too? So it's cause you drink shitty coffee. 
like, like you, you guys are pounding down mm. like bad coffees. Um, like they're absolutely rich, like delicious coffees. And then there are the, you know, you buy Folgers and a, and a tin can and you're going to get some pretty meat. Levi, of all people, like I didn't expect you to come out on the, you're doing it wrong and that's why you don't like it uh, no. side of things. No, it's a tactical. Yeah, yeah Levi, I got a peach for you. It's a tactical decision, BJ. Like I, I, I drink pretty inexpensive coffees as well. No, no, very inexpensive. I, I like literally I have, you know, three bucks for uh, a thing, a coffee that probably lasts me a week and a half or two weeks. Um, like that's very inexpensive. Um, yeah, it is. But I like, uh, I like chock full of nuts. That's pretty cheap. I, uh, I have an opinion on this. It's going to be unpopular among, among this group and, and then the, everybody else. I think any, anything you're intaking that has like a drug effect um, you train yourself to like the taste. So like, I'm not sure if a lot of people can separate the, the taste of coffee from the fact that it gets them excited, like gets them going in the morning and they rely on it to get up and get going. So like, I'm not sure, like everybody can actually tell you if they like legitimately like the taste or if they've trained themselves to like the taste. It's like a Pavlovian thing. And I'm inclined to think that they don't just because kids generally don't like it when they first try it. And people who don't drink coffee, um, no, for reasons not related to the taste, right? When they try it, they generally don't like the taste. It seems to me like a type of thing that we train ourselves to like. I was going to say, and that's funny that you mentioned that because I definitely grew up drinking coffee. Like, <laughs> of course, you did. when I was super young. I, I yeah, think but was, you were like drinking coffee and eating calf brain and fucking you know, fried <laughs> doing liver. Weird stuff. And... I hundred percent agree. But so the counter argument that I would say to that, Terry, is just like you could say that about anything anybody likes. I mean, because that's kind of how the brain works. Like you get you some sort yourself. of positive reward for for any given action. And so you do that more. And I mean, yes, there, there are probably a couple of things like salt and sugar and, and stuff like that, which you're already hardwired to to like, but sort of everything else is. Uh, yeah, I'm talking purely on taste, but I, kn- I knew that was going to be an unpopular bit. Nobody's going to like that. Um, do we want to talk about the tea, this rice tea? Sure. I feel like Levi had a thing that he wanted to say a couple of times for like the past minute. So I'm curious no, what that was. No, I did want to comment though, BJ it, um, and, and Terry, I think, I think you'll agree with me. I don't know about you, Spencer. You seem like a much more learned folk than, than Terry and I. Um, BJ could definitely be mispronouncing Asian names of, of, of things and we would never catch him on it. Right? Oh, I, like, <laughs> he, he says it so confidently. That, that like there's no way that any of us are gonna be like no actually it's it's pronounced a little bit differently you you presumptuous or or uh... <laughs> if if I if, if I find out a couple years from now that BJ's just been bullshitting about all of his love of Asian markets and all these you know complex knowledge he's assembled over years and it's just a, a lie that's gotten past him he just has to keep going my worldview will collapse a little bit. I assume he's mispronouncing stuff. Like I've always assumed it. I thought he was, I thought it was just a college try from BJ and the pronounce. I mean, you don't speak the language, right? BJ, you're just, you're just guessing at it. I mean, I do my best, like, you know, with things that I've heard and try and repeat it as, as similarly as I can, but I, I don't go as far as my dad would go, which is like having, like being in front of a native speaker. And it's like, is this the correct pronunciation and go back and forth mm-hmm. four or five times. And cause I grew up with that. And like, I hated being in that, like, the nebula of that situation. So, you know, unless like I know the person reasonably well, um, like uh, my first girlfriend spoke Cantonese. And so there's a reasonable amount of Cantonese that like I've practiced. That's Chinese, a Spencer. Bit. Thank you, Leigh. I'm with you. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm here for you, bud. <laughs> One of a few Chinese languages. Appreciate it. Um, 
So, so yeah, I mean, other than that, I mean, it's, it's much more of a college tribe, but I, you know, I do my best. I, I'm just, just there, there's a way that you pronounce these words that you have like a slight sort of hezzy step as you're going towards saying the word and you breathe in almost like you're like, I'm going to condescendingly tell you white people how to say this. And then you say it <laughs> and, and I'm just saying that I can, I, I like your approach, Terry, just assume that he's wrong about all of this. And we just like pat him on the head and say, good boy. And I love that <laughs> you think the hezzy is a, is a, mm, I'm gonna have to explain it to you kindergartens. I always think the hezzy is a, Ooh, here we go. Let me try, <laughs> let me try this word. <laughs> all right. T. T. Uh, all right. Who wants, we're going to try it. Let me, let me before. I mean, Spencer's been time. sipping on it. Yeah. Spencer, uh, since you've tried it, what do you think? I just finished my second cup. I, I liked it. Um, it caught me a little bit off guard. I was expecting like the rice wouldn't add that much to it, but the kind of front taste I got was, oh, this is green tea. And then just the, any taste after that was, oh, this is very roasted kind of flavor that I was getting there afterwards. Of where that was the main thing I got out of it, of this just kind of delightful, warm, roasted taste that kind of really permeated after the initial green tea. And yeah, I rather enjoyed it. It's still rather, it's still, it was still a rather light flavor. It wasn't overpowering really in any way. It's green tea. It's not too surprising in that regard, but it was an, an interesting addition to what I was expecting out of just a, you know, normal green tea taste. Levi, have you tried it? I have. So I got, I got complex thoughts here. Um, one, yes, absolutely, Spencer, there there was a surprise. Like, I don't, I don't know if you guys saw me on cam when we're doing this, but uh, midway through, it was the first time I, I tasted it, and I was just confused. I was like, what the hell is this? This is... Uh, do I, do I like it? Do I not like it? I don't. I don't know. It's there's, new. There's there's like some salt in there, I guess. I don't know. Plus the rice, and it's complicated. It's also one that I think I screwed up the brewing on. So I could like standard green teas or, or or black teas. I don't I don't mind tossing the tea bag in there and leaving it in however the hell long. Whereas this one, it seems like just leaving it in for ten minutes probably is going to make make it a rougher go uh, as your as your first go. <laughs> You're gonna get a lot of like sort of roastiness. Um, but yeah, in terms of the actual like or not like, I don't know yet. I mean, it's it's so different in terms of what it is that I this is it's fitting still in a different category than than standard standard teas. So I think this is like the mayonnaise sandwich of Southeast Asia. <laughs> so here's what I mean by that. Please that, go on with that thought. Yeah. So like I think mayonnaise sandwiches were created because Mayonnaise is very popular in the South and white bread is very popular in the South. And some poor guy one time was like, it's only two things I got in my house. I guess I'll make a mayonnaise sandwich. And because people started making them, they've, they started liking them. I think that some guy was sitting around, all he had was green tea and rice in his house. And he's like, I guess I'll put some rice and green tea um, because it, it, it seems that random to me. I don't, I, I mean, yeah, there's a, interesting taste i suppose it's green tea and then you can taste the rice you can taste it that's roasted i'm not sure why green tea ever needed rice in it um it just seems to me like a thing somebody did once and then they just started doing it but it there's no really rhyme or reason to it so there you go mayonnaise sandwich of teas bj is this a common product i mean i haven't heard it done before but is this a something that's widely enjoyed um i think so um i I, I'm not familiar enough with, with you know, the, the consumption rates of uh, Japanese tea drinkers to, to say, like, where, where this ranks. But I will say um, things like this are really common uh, for uh, Korean uh, consumption. So roasted barley is a really, like a roasted barley tea is super common. So 
Um, a lot of Korean restaurants, at least used to, I think it's a little bit less common now, but used to serve a roasted barley tea, which was basically just roasted barley and steeped in hot water. Um, and so I wonder if that's some of the influence, like, I don't know which way it would have happened. Um, but this reminds me a lot of that. And I like it because it has a little bit of that green tea flavor, but it isn't like solid green tea, which sometimes to me kind of tastes like you're drinking like lawn mowing cuttings. And it's just grass, like, all yeah. right, it's a little bit too like, yeah, ma Masha can be tough. I don't know. Like I always struggle when somebody's like, well, here's this kind of like weird thing. And they like it in Korea. Cause like Korea, they're doing like cheesy lo mein and like, I don't know, like ketchup fried <laughs> rice and like, they're all over the damn place. So like, I, that's never really like vetting it for me. I'm like, well, they're trying weird shit. Korea doesn't mean I'm gonna like it. So, so this was like, this was common 20, 30 years ago and if not longer. So this is not like the, it the, predates the cheese corn. <laughs> yeah. It predates the cheese corn or like the cheese corn was just starting to get started. And like, this isn't like the Korea is, is uh, experimenting with their newfound love of cheese and corn and, and, mayonnaise uh this is all in that yeah i don't know it just seems like something that that they did because that they were the only ingredients on hand which doesn't necessarily make it a bad thing right but it just doesn't i, I don't i don't know that if you had in a vacuum if you had a pantry of substances you would ever say that rice needed to go in green tea i wouldn't i wouldn't guess man we just did the thing that has happens in every zoom meeting in corporate america yeah it's required yeah so um in a little bit of cursory research online because I, I had my gut feeling that this this was the case um this developed as a way to get to, to sell expensive green tea to poor people um you put a little filler cheap rice um and then now they have a little bit of green tea they got a little bit of rice now they becomes to, to your point terry this sort of thing that you like uh, and you have this intrinsic love for um because it's associated with good things in your family but it's really just a matter of don't have money so you probably would just have green tea if you had the money for green tea. So, so right. the rice so is a like cheap, um, a cheap filler. Yeah. So it's like, uh, what's that stuff that chicory that they put in coffee down in New Orleans? Uh, they stretch coffee, but it is interesting. I mean, look, it, it fits the bill for what we're doing on this podcast, right? It's interesting. I've never tried it before. Um, probably wouldn't buy it again though, or buy it. I think I'm in the same boat, but I, I don't know. There's there's enough like different tastes. This is so out of left field that I I I don't know if I'll actually like this or whether I'm just thinking that maybe i should like it i don't know i've got a question does it have like because it's brewed with rice does it does tea have carbs in it now <laughs> uh i don't think rice has i mean it'll have some carbs sure i mean rice it, has carbs yeah yeah um i mean it, it's mostly going to be simpler simpler sugars because that's what you're going to get out of uh the starch when you have it with hot water and so i mean that's how you can get stuff to ferment. I mean, you do a hot water extraction, it takes out the simpler sugars and breaks down some of the starches. And then, uh, so. You know what this, that was BJ, that was where scientists have a tough time explaining normal stuff to people. Cause I was just asking <laughs> if it had carbs in it and you just went into the whole thing. You know what I'm uh, saying? Like. <laughs> I was trying to add some color other than just saying <laughs> yes. <laughs> So I'm Googling a couple of like uh, nutritional facts for um, the tea and it doesn't seem like it has any carbs in it, or at least it's below the like one gram threshold to, to be counted as a significant value. Okay, does have good news then. does have sodium. Um, 
like a pretty healthy amount of sodium in there, like 40 milligrams of sodium. Um, but yeah, no carbs. Huh. Can't quite tell. Um, Lee, when you referenced, you know, odd things Korean people eat, have you guys ever heard the story of uh, Costco kimchi? Of when they started opening Costco's in Korea and realizing that massive amounts of onions were being eaten compared to any other country in the world? No, tell me about it. Costco, you know, is mostly a U.S. company, but they've started trying to open um, places around the world. And one of the hallmarks of Costco is that they offer the $1.50 hot dogs. Yeah. And that's a lot of the reason people even just go to Costco is to get a hot dog, get a roast chicken, and a few groceries while they go. Spencer, that's the Spencer. It works for me, yes. Yeah. Uh, they no they noticed and when they started opening some in South Korea that people weren't eating that many hot dogs, but the rate of the chopped onions, which you can grind and put on your hot dog consumption, was like 10 times any other country in the world, but without selling any hot dogs to match it. And so they started sending some agents to observe what was happening, and they realized that people thought it was just an extra little perk of going to Costco is that you just got a massive plate of free onions and mustard, because they would just go up to the hot dog area, go past that, go to the onion grinder, just make a giant friggin' plate of onions, put a little bit of salt and uh, mustard on it, and they just eat that as if it was just a free offering that Costco offered people, thinking that, well, this is a wonderful meal you get when you go to Costco. How nice. And so it became a question for the Costco boardroom of, we know they're doing this. It's costing us a lot of money, but now it's our basically our brand association in South Korea. Can we stop doing it or will it just piss people off? Just raise all your prices, like, you know, 0.2 cents or something to pay for all the free onions. Uh, officially, they said, you know, that this is a free perk where it offers people in South Korea. What they probably actually did is exactly what you said. Yeah. Uh, so they're opening Costco's all around the country or all around the world. I'd really, I know they, they haven't built, I mean, you know, I can only imagine they haven't built one there, but it would be great to see I could go in France and see what French people do in a Costco. There are probably laws stopping big box stores in most of France. Man, I would think. they would hate that. That'd be a lot of fun to watch. It'd be really interesting to go to Costco's in different countries and see what they stock. Because, I mean, I would assume that it's going to vary by location, like what the big box things are and, and you know, what people are going to end up buying in bulk. Um, well, I mean, Costco's vary even by just like locations in the same state. It's, it, it, yeah. it is, you can never be certain exactly what products you're going to get inside of Costco, even week to week. Uh, one of our friends explained that there are right-hand Costco's and left-hand Costco's and they what? differ in layout. And so uh, I, I kind of got lost, but basically there are ones that have the entrance on the right-hand side of the warehouse and there are ones that have the entrance on the left-hand side of the warehouse and that sort of dictates how everything is laid out and some of the things that they stock that and really that's actually gonna mess with me now every time i go to costco i gotta ponder I mean, that now once every do you years. go to the one other than the one that's convenient to your house i think the the one in uh outside of raleigh is the opposite layout than the one that's in north durham if you want to check I, it out levi do you have a costco near boston that you can go to sure right Probably you would never know. They're, they're not everywhere. They're, 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 there's only so many of them around the country, and they seem like they're pretty regionalized. Like, there's a hell of a lot of them on the West Coast, and then not much in the interior of the country, which is true for a lot of things, really, I guess. So, so go ahead. There, there are several Costco's in the broader Boston area. There is one that's in, looks to be in Cambridge or Everett. Um, so, so, right, sort of in the city ish area. Uh, and then there's one in Waltham, uh, which is where RTI has an office, Terry. Um, which would probably be my local Costco, should I become a Costco person. Um, so Terry, I, I, I get it. You don't, 
you, you don't mess with Costco. That's not your thing. Nah, I don't, I don't Costco. I don't have a problem with it though. I mean, I like it's tight. It's probably the type of place where if I went, I'd, I'd find a lot of stuff I could stock up on, but um, no, it, it's, it's not an interesting store for me to go to. Although I would love to go with Spencer sometime and watch the hot dog thing. I've never actually seen him, you know, go ham at the hot dog counter at Costco. I'd like to see that. It, it's a different world in the pandemic, I'm afraid. How many stuff. hot dogs could I get you where you would stop being happy about it? Mm, How fast do you expect me to eat them? I, just, I Let's buy say a half certain hour. number. N sure. plus one makes you unhappy. Uh, one further follow-up question, if I may, sir. Are you just literally buying me like just a pack of hot dogs that I then could eat at my own leisure? Or this is no, the, the, the hot dog is prepared for your immediate consumption. The, we, the we, hot dog stand at Costco, like the the, the hot food. Yes, okay. Spencer, we go there, we finish shopping. Uh, BJ says, hold up, I'm going to grab something. He goes there, comes back. He has four hot dogs um, on a tray. Are you happy or are you upset? If y'all are willing to sit with me, I'm going to cover those with some relish and mustard and ketchup. And I'm going to eat those four hot dogs. What about 10 hot dogs? At this point, do you start to get my ar- upset? My arteries flinched at that right there. It's like <laughs> 10 hot dogs is like, no, there, there's no enjoyment there. You're just testing me as a person to see what I can consume. It's between four and 10. Okay. Uh, six. No, four is, four is the max. Four, four is, is the max. absolute. Okay. okay. I mean, these are footlog hot dogs. That is a hell of a lot of just, Holy you know, shit. I didn't know there were so, so, Holy crap. We, we have an event when we go down <laughs> wow. to Florida, and that's watching Spencer kill four footlong hot dogs. And I'm excited about this. So Four uh, is the absolute max. Two two is enjoyable. Two, two, two can make, make for a nice day. One thing I really enjoy on this podcast is when we throw out a hypothetical and like Spencer starts to like spin out in questions where Levi comes in and is like, okay, look, I've had enough of the questions. <laughs> you know what, you know what questions being asked, Spencer, just answer it. You're, you're asking a lawyer to commit to something. It's going to take some effort. <laughs> it's always funny to me. Levi has enough of the, uh, All right. of the when y'all out. Come, I mean, Lee, you've talked about moving to Florida at some point in the not too distant future. When y'all visit Florida and I take, you know, scuba diving and hang gliding and all kinds nope, of other fun nope, things that Florida nope. offers, you can sit <laughs> on the so boat. Ter- Terry's only willing to move <laughs> to Florida when you move out when you retire. That's I think that he, he's only willing to move into Spencerless Florida. I'm going to tag out with Spencer. <laughs> like we're a, like we're a WWE one, team. <laughs> only one Mangum team member could be in Florida at any given time. Uh, I'd love to. I didn't know there were footlong hot dogs. That it's completely a, changes my opinion of it. <laughs> this is the this is the reason it's meant to be like you know a great offering everybody stands for. Is it's good footlong hot dogs and drink for a dollar fifty. It's a price they haven't changed for like thirty years. So how do you feel about the chicken bake? I actually don't like it. They're popular, but I don't like them at all. Oh shit! That was a swerve. Didn't see that coming. It, it's a chicken. It's like a chicken Caesar without the salad stuffed into a fried dough exterior that's about a foot and a half long and you just nom on it it is just it's only so unhealthy i can go without being self-aware about it i I was gonna say i feel like this was if spencer had this in college this would have been one of spencer's favorite things but now now that you're you know getting into the the adult stages of your life you're like i just can't i've got my toe in the water of the adult stage but in elizabeth city they dip that bad boy in ranch wouldn't they so I'm I'm confused by the words that's been said here. Like, what the hell are you talking about with this chicken? Like, what? Initially, <laughs> <laughs> a, a chicken Caesar salad without the salad stuffed with something. I, what are we saying? Great point. Great point. It, 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 it's, it's roast chicken that's covered in okay. Caesar dressing and cheese. 
that is put in that is then put inside a fried dough exterior and you eat it. Man, I love how I love how Spencer doesn't have a real conception of cooking. <laughs> put inside a fried like not like battered and fried. Put inside a fried dough exterior. I'm making it clear <laughs> what it is. <laughs> The little chicken put on his its fried suit. Uh, uh, yeah. BJ is apparently sitting around a picture. You can see it now. <laughs> okay, I'd love to. I will say this about we're 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 kind of joking about Costco. Costco for uh, all you investors out there pays a great dividend. Good stock to have. Um, yeah, it's interesting that. that you say that, Spencer, because like I still haven't been able to like buy food at Costco. Like it, it's something that's like we're gonna sit down and do this at some point and like get get you know get the hot dog, get you know the pizza or whatever else, but just haven't haven't been able to crest that hump of I, I want to be clear to y'all I don't just go there as a restaurant I don't just go there I'm hungry for lunch where should we go oh Costco is there I, 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 no, 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 there I understand that but it's a ooh we're going to Costco for our our you know weekly monthly shopping or whatever I get to have a hot dog that's definitely part of your thinking yeah, and it I would say I would say it's funnier to me, Spencer, that you don't go for a meal. It's funnier that no matter the time of day, like that you go, no matter if you've just eaten or not, the hot dog is going to be consumed. That's what's funny to me. It's a special treat, man. <laughs> this is like this is like going for your little ice cream when, okay. when you're a little kid. Like you're so it, excited by this. Yeah. Yes. This is the question I have to ask y'all. Do y'all have an activity that you do of where something random has become immediately associated with it, of where that activity is not complete unless you do the thing? It's not oh. required in any way to complete the thing. It's not a necessary activity. It may even be entirely a non sequitur to it, but you've just associated the two so much that you can't do one without the other. Spencer, I think I've just gotten a reveal into how you live your life because like 80% of things that we talk about, you have this thing where like, oh, I have to do this too. Like getting the lollipop from the bank teller and just like... <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Spencer does like his treats. The only thing I'm coming up with Spencer is every time I go to Barnes and Noble, I have to get an iced coffee. Sure. That's perfect. That's the exact kind of example I'm referencing. You've associated with it. It's part of the whole experience that you go for now. It's the only one I can come up with right now. I'm sure I have others though. Cause that is a phenomenon we all do. I think. I mean, there, there, there were, there are definitely like things that I, I have, I had like that, but like they became less common for a variety of reasons. Uh, one of my favorites was, um, one of BWI's terminals had a wine shop that did wine tastings and like a little charcuterie plate. And it was like one of my favorite things that when I was flying out of there reasonably often to go there and do that. And that would be like the perfect flying out of BWI. Um, I've got another one that we all kind of did together, but Every time now I go to Asheville, I want to go to that one butcher and just walk around it and just enjoy the just overpowering aroma of spiced meat. It is now the thing I associate with Asheville is I have to go to that butcher and just, you know, smell briefly. Those cold smoke pork chops are, are no joke. Um, oh, yeah. so that's a super inside baseball one. But I do think that people people have like when you if you have a place that you go that like a um, common vacation you might have a random store that you always go to. Like when I go to Asheville, I always go to like, there's a spice and spice exchange and Emporium in downtown Asheville. Mm. And like, I just go buy spices. I know it's pretty strange, but <laughs> I just go a little sure. bit spices. Um, driving through Virginia, I, I try and stop at that sushi place that I, I <laughs> went with you to a yeah. long, long time ago. That's like one of my favorite things to do if I am, South of DC for poor life choices. Um, 
Levi, we haven't heard anything from you. Do you have anything in mind? Uh, I mean, you're basically asking about rituals, right? So you have various rituals that you do and you have to do to, do to completion. Um, <laughs> well, so yes, this is what this is. <laughs> Pause. Uh, so let's start with lighter and then go to go to go to more serious. Uh, lighter. Um, there is a song by Blackstar, Mostef and Taleb Kweli, called Thieves in the Night. That song I have to listen to the entire way and I have to rap the entire most deaf uh, uh, verse. So Terry, you'll, you'll appreciate that. Um, yeah, BJ, sure. maybe a little bit. Spencer, Shout zero out. chance you know any of the words I just said. Uh, I will be listening to some of those words if I can remember to Google them later. Nah, you'll be okay, buddy. Um, yeah. we're, not get, we're not getting you to rap at, at, at 35. I hope um, so. It could be the intro <laughs> to the podcast. Shout out Pottering Around. <laughs> Spencer does like a like a, like a mid nineties bad uh, white person trying to do a, a rap thing. Yo, kids, let me spit it. Let me rap at you for a moment. Um, I, I, I will do this thing if asked to do this thing. You know this of me. Holy shit! I mean, I, I desperately wanted us to have a a rap music pod where the title was Spencer says the n word, where you just like rap random lyrics. I like being employed in America. <laughs> that was a little bit of the sticking point. Man, we would boy, talk about losing what little listenership we've got. Boy, we would just be sinking <laughs> ship here at the Mangum Talks operation. So. <laughs> Much like uh, somebody that I heard on a podcast one time, um, he was describing he doesn't need uh, Mr. Rogers problematized. Um, I don't need Spencer problematized. I want to have a, <laughs> have a nice, uh, rosy <laughs> conception of, uh, of Mr. Spencer pants. I don't need him to get into controversy. Right. Wait, wait, you, you said you said you're, you're, you're light one. Please continue on the progression. I'm intrigued. I'm sure there's a middle one. And I, I, I can't think of it right now. Um, I am thinking of the, the one that's a bit, not serious, but just a little bit more heavy. Um, over the pandemic, um, I've got into a habit of like in the morning, I definitely go poop and then take a shower, like in sequence. That, 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 that tends to be a sequence that I've, I've developed into. Um, Wait a second. Doing it the other way around is insanity. Well, of, of, of course it is, BJ. Of course, the reverse is insanity. But like, I will put off my shower until I've gone poop, right? <laughs> so, like, if I have an early morning meeting and I I, I stretch into nine thirty and I haven't had a chance to shower, I've been on meetings, you know, been on calls since like seven thirty or so. Um, you know what? I'm gonna push off that shower. I'm not, I, I'm I'm gonna sequence this properly and clean myself. I'm not gonna be a disgusting person. Uh, I'm going to, you know, obviously properly wipe, right? I'm I'm, I'm not just like. <laughs> Just well, you shower afterwards, shower. so even if you you're don't, not doing you a got standing a plan B. Today. Hey, you, got, uh, you got a plan B there. But Spencer, you did call it out in my new house. Uh, I plan to to get I plan to install a bidets on 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 every toilet because so I want to be a proper adult here. I think I think we're disgusting as as European influenced Americans. So are you going to uh, get a an actual toilet that has a bidet? Or are you just going to get one of the seats? Uh, I'm going to install one afterwards. Uh, I'm not going to get okay. the, the whole thing. Um, the whole you can get it at Costco. You can. <laughs> Those whole to whole toys uh, bidets are expensive. Those are yeah, those are, are so so they're yeah. about a thousand. Uh, the yep. nicer seats that you get at Costco, you can sometimes get for two to three hundred. Um, These guys it, price this bad boy out, and it's it's interesting too. At Costco, you can you could have the food that causes the shit, <laughs> and then you can get the bidet. The whole associate the two. Um, af after going to Japan, I was just like, what? What's the good price point of of a nice enough bidet that I'll I will enjoy it, but not overly uh, packed with features that I won't use. So, uh, 
Terry, I, I think this will resonate most with you. I don't think Spencer did this, and BJ almost assuredly did not. Um, in terms of rituals, was there a doorway or hallway or some sort of ceiling growing up, maybe late elementary school, early middle school, where you always jumped and hit it? Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. 100%. 100%. And then I would look at the person next to me and be like, that's 10 feet I can dunk. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it's like a seven and a half foot archway, it's Let 10 me, feet right there. I can dunk. You see it? Yeah. So, so you answered my, my thought question, which was, could you in fact dunk? Uh, sounds like the answer is no. Um, not Hard even close. No. Not even close. <laughs> Never got rim. Nah, I, I, I love little rituals. They're, they're, they're adding little, adding fun to life. Didn't as a kid, like there was a certain, there was a certain rail or fence. I'd always jump on top of and you know, walk, walk the edge of whenever I was going past it. Even as an adult, um, I, we, when Bridget and I went on a little dive, a dive trip to Aruba, uh, which was an absolute blast, on the dive boat, they you typically want to drink something after you dive because you can get very dried out from the air from the air you're sucking while you're under the water. And he just they handed out Capri Sun, which I hadn't had for <laughs> twenty years. <laughs> so you get Capri Sun after every dive. I, I think of, you mentioned something along these lines at some point that you have Capri Sun after you dive. We, we get a giant Costco like a, box of Capri Sun that just sits there so that whenever we go dive, we'll get a few of those with us because it, we love that dive. It was great. It was very refreshing. Would never drink them outside of that, Capri Sun. but it's part of the ritual. Capri Sun, not a thing you have to train yourself to like. <laughs> Come out of the womb like in Capri Sun. Really sugary though. You know, kid palette it's perfect as an adult i still like it, it. It's i moments. don't care i like i like and yeah I, it's good in the amount right that four and a half inch pouch i don't think i can have any more that is such a spencer thing um i you, you may have mentioned it before but i just like after you said capri sun i was like oh jesus christ spencer would love a, a capri sun he would find it, it so ritual. enjoyable um it's great it's so refreshing after a dive and on a very unrelated question for you guys, um, there is apparently a clinical definition or at least a, a, a literature definition. But for you guys, what age would you define middle, middle age? age? So a person is in middle age. What range are you talking about? I always thought it was like a shifting target based on life expectancy. Is there actually a fixed definition for it? Uh, the, the literature seems to settle on a certain age range. I'm asking you what you think the age range is. What would you call it to yourself? So, would you, I'm I'm 36. Would you put me as middle age? Am I? No, I um, my wife and I argue about this because she's from the Midwest where everybody lives to be 100, and I'm from Eastern North Carolina where everybody has a heart attack at 50. So, I've always thought middle age is between 40 and 60, and I think her number is more like 55 to 65. I, I was going to say 45 to 65. So, I'm kind of yes, kind of same range there. <laughs> 45 to 65 is the is the sort of literature accepted definition of middle age. Um, Terry, that is very interesting that you call out that juxtaposition of, of life expectancy and sort of uh, because I, I definitely uh, yesterday was talking to talking to my, my girlfriend about it. And it's like it's like 35 to, to 55. Man, that seems about right. Um, like so I bet it has mm. to do like at least some of the literature is going to go for like significant hormonal changes. So like when women are like menopause. the change, yeah, meno like menopause and men have like significant decreases in testosterone. ED, mm. <laughs> ED maybe part of it too. <laughs> I mean, significant decrease in testosterone. That's, that's sort of the, yeah. Yeah, I'm being all science, Spencer. Yep. Yeah. Bravo. 
Yeah, that's a great um, question, Levi, because my, my wife and I have betted that one around because I think she's before told me like somebody was like 60 was middle-aged. And I was like, that is three years from Medicare. Yeah. Like that yeah. is, that is, they're going to get social security soon. It, it's sort of interesting, like bringing that up because if you would ask me younger, like what it was, I probably would have said closer to like, you know, 35 to 50. Now that, you know, I've passed 35, I'm just like, I don't feel like I'm middle-aged. That, that doesn't seem right. And like, at what point are your parents actually old and not just middle-aged and, and just sort of like that whole cloud is, is a interesting thing to, to assess. But yeah, that, that was a. What brought that up in terms of you and Sam? Uh, I don't recall exactly. I mean, we must've been describing like characteristics of a middle-aged person or something. I said, that's, that's <laughs> what a middle-aged person would do. Uh, and, and then I sort of thought to myself, what is middle-aged? Cause you know, we had this sort of phrase that we may use. And then I realized that I would, I would count myself as middle-aged at this point. And then I yeah. realized, should I be wearing my, my, my baseball cap backwards? Is that, is that a thing that a middle-aged person <laughs> should do? Um, who knows? I, I know Spencer, that when 30s... somebody says middle-aged, like, do you immediately go for how old somebody is or a period in history? Like, you know, when your brain is like, <laughs> he probably context, has a question. Context matters. I'm pretty sure that most, most folks agree thirties is not quite middle age yet, but I, I knew that you thought it was because I've sent you sneakers before and you're like, you're too old for those. Cause they have like color in them. And I'm like, wait a second, I'm 35. I think I can rock red sneakers. I mean, so I, we're going to buy you uh, the, the Velcro New Balances. And you yeah, put just... the Kawhi's on. That's all I can wear. Uh, I love how this is. So, Terry, that's, it, I absolutely have said that. And I absolutely don't believe that you can't have no color in your, your sneakers. But I do it. It's, it's, the large part is true, right? Is that I, I, I don't think I can wear some of the things that I could have worn when I was younger. And it's hard to find an outfit that really fits in with like great ass, like LeBron's, right? Like that requires intentional choices. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, but I, I tended like wear a lot of like black and white and usually neutral colors with it. <laughs> Are you still in your black phase? Yeah, he is. Yeah, man. I went Lululemon to, all the time. I went to dinner with BJ last night. It was a complete black outfit. Even I had black on black Adidas. Levi, you'd appreciate that. The black, black with the black stripes. And, and sort of floofy joggers and everything. And and I was tempted to say all black everything, what's really good. And I didn't. That would, would have been nice. I, I didn't because of our, where we were. Um, but I just want you to know that that is a thought where uh, that I had. We had, uh, we had Ethiopian last night. I'm interested, Spencer and Levi, your take on this. Um, how, do how do you guys feel about eating with your hands at a restaurant? Um, I mean, it might be something you're super cool with, but like some people are like, would, like, they do it because it's expected, like at certain restaurants, but like in a vacuum might prefer not to. We just discussed my love of hot dogs. Does that factor into this? Comment yeah, sandwiches, yeah, are, totally, sandwiches are yeah. separate because we actually had that discussion at dinner. Um, I said, so I think, well, Terry, do you mind like filling in the context because we, yeah, we, actually we, talked yeah, about we were in Ethiopian and I, um, I, I made, I made point that, um, I took my mom to Ethiopian like 15 years ago. Cause I, I discovered I'm from Eastern North Carolina I had no conception of what Ethiopian food was, but I got to college and I had it. I thought it was the greatest thing in the world. I took her to it. She hated it. Not because of the food. Cause it's in essence, Southern food. Like what she didn't like was the, the eating with your hands, the taking of the injera to, to make little bites, um, and has never forgotten it. Like to this day, probably every 10th conversation, she'll make a joke about it. She, she really hated it. Um, and I 
and I don't know if, like why, but I've really taken to it. I enjoy eating certain things with my hands. Like I, um, I, I, I just find it's part of the experience. I find it tastes better because I can control the bite a little bit better. Um, so I really like it, but I just interested in other people's takes. So the, but the funny thing that you mentioned in that, that when Spencer was saying it's hot dog is things that aren't sandwiches was like her big. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. Like if it isn't a sandwich and, and I, you know, we're not going to get into his hot dog, a sandwich argument, but I feel like it's in that nebula of things like sandwiches that you would eat with your hands. Agreed. Yeah. It, it gets um, lumped in for that, for that yeah. discussion. Yeah. I, I pizza like too. How- I like how BJ, you've conceded to my argument about what sandwiches are because you said anything that's not a sandwich. So obviously hot dogs have to be sandwiches by the definition. So do, so do pieces of pizza because flatbreads are sort of sandwichy and then pizzas Whoa. are basically flatbreads. So we basically, we are going full tilt, Levi, full everything's a sandwich. I love it. Um, Terry, to answer your question, I am two seconds away from eating everything with my hands. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm basically a feral <laughs> child. Um, I, I, I would do every, almost every food, right? Like maybe you have your, 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 your dominant hand and then a fork, you know, you sort of shove on food, food onto your fork. Like I am, yeah. I'm always about using your hands. You don't go in the most efficient way. And sometimes using a knife isn't the most efficient. Um, so Le- Levi's going to be, uh, you know, scooping up the soup, a, a Scoop consomme the soup. With, with his hands and <laughs> please, sir, can I have some more? We could, we could slurp it, man. Just put it, put it up, put it up to your mouth. Yeah. Mm. Um, so uh, answer it. 100% depends how messy the food is. Like there are certain foods that are perfectly accommodating to eat with your hands. There are the foods of where I will actively avoid them because you're expected to eat them with your hands, but they get just very inherently messy. So Ethiopian like, food. Ethiopians like that. Yeah. Cause your hands do get messy. Yeah. It's like, uh, even like, like ribs at a barbecue, I will actively mm. look at other options just because this is an expectation that your hands are going to get covered in barbecue sauce right now. And I don't particularly enjoy it. Uh, so I, mean, I, like I think that there is a, how public the situation is and how messy it is because like especially with a beard getting sauce oh, like, yeah. all over your, like you have to go wash yourself and you know there are times when it's just like this is you know a little bit too much for the situation um so so i do appreciate that but spencer like would you be unhappy if we took you for ethiopian food no i'd happily enjoy it with y'all it's just like it's typically like when there's options. Like if you're at like a full spread barbecue kind of table. Yeah. If I there's the messy option or the non-messy option between ha- not liking my hands getting particularly dirty and not liking my beard just being covered with stickiness. Yeah. I'm uh, going to pick the less messy option. Yeah. The beard thing. That's a very good call, Spencer, because um, I mean, I keep a very um, short beard and I don't have to worry about it, but when it does get long, um, I know the struggle because uh, you do kind of have to make a call. Like, Am I going to go that route? Am I going to get messy with this? Or am I just going to bypass all of it? I was going to say, I think with Spencer's ribs, like unless you were clean shaven, it's not an easy wipe off, no matter how short your hair is. Right. And it's pretty pretty simple for me, but yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, It's it's, it's harder. Yeah. Yeah. And for foods that can be eaten both either with your hands or with utensils, utensils allows you to control the experience a lot more when you have a beard. So Spencer eats pizza with a knife and fork. I have. General Sal with a chair. It uses the fork for General Sal. So it's a so it's a sandwich, is what you're saying, Spencer. Bold eat. Um, so so Terry, like to your question, I I'm definitely of two minds. Like there are things that I really enjoy eating with my hands. And and similar to Spencer, like I don't really like getting like sicky or dirty or whatever else. Um, but I love the experience of using injera to eat. Um, I haven't gone so far as to be comfortable um, eating like Indian curries, 
like with my hands or you just like grab some 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 naan and go yeah. into it. No, 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 oh. not naan. Just no, no, like you go right into the curry. Yeah, like rice no. and dal and then and just put it in your hand. Like yeah, so I know that's are, like yeah. mm-hmm. um and when I first thought it was just like what? That that's a that's a thing. That's surprising, but like okay. Um so take the the so for Spencer, if you don't know what they'll do is they uh, get a big uh pile of rice and they'll they'll grab rice and then like go like this to get it into a very tight ball. This is this mm-hmm. uh, nobody. This is great radio, by the way. Yeah, um, like roll it around it creates, their fingers and, and yeah, roll it around their fingers, yeah. and it creates it. You like you kind of pack it in as tight as you can, and then you use that to dip into the curry. I've never either, certainly never done that. I've I've never seen it before. Um, and then the other side of things, I love using chopsticks to like eat other weird things because it's like so immensely controllable, and you say perfectly clean, and mm-hmm. you know it doesn't have the it's just so easy um to to you know just stay clean that way and and yeah spencer i'm very much of the like not getting either committing one way or the other however i do love using the the korean food service glove uh way of of eating oh get get that that shit out of here i i I know you hate it uh, oh but crabsy and, you know, just go in and, and be able to like, just like peel off the gloves and then be done. Um, it's great. This is, this is like, you, you look like you're a janitor when you're eating. It's like, I don't care. Commit to it. And it, and it's like, you get the flavor on your fingers too. I, I think that's a part of it. Um, yeah. Uh, I, one thing about the chopsticks, BJ, you mentioned chopsticks. I, this has been revolutionary for me recently. I've learned to cook with chopsticks. Mm-hmm. Like, like, uh, instead of like a spatula or whatever, yeah. like actually using chopsticks to flip meat and stuff, that's been revolutionary for me. That works really well. They sell cooking chopsticks that are a little bit thicker and a little bit longer just for that. It works really well yeah, it, to, to the, for the exact same reason you pointed out, BJ, so you can control your movements a lot better than with the big, like caveman grilling like spatulas that we have. Um, okay. What do we want to so, talk about next? Or unless... Anything? One thing that uh, I mentioned at our dinner that I felt like I should bring up that I have uh, something I realized that that's incredibly on brand. Um, I have been, I participate in some uh, clinical trials like when they're interesting or like I can or whatever. And um, I also do beta testing for random like electronics or or whatever else. Um, I don't know, it's entertaining. I get to try new things. Um, and I have a folder in my email labeled beta tests that both of those things go into. So the vaccine trials I put into beta tests and that just seemed like, oh, this is what it is. And it's very appropriate. We, we, we haven't done a uh, on brand in a while. Should we go through that for everybody? Yeah. I just find it funny that like, if you meet BJ, you'd be like, man, that guy's like sharp. Like he's always got his stuff together. He always looks very clean and put together, but you're like, your body's like a Petri dish. Like you're competing. You're like, you have all these like <laughs> weird, like tra- drug trials. You're always competing in. I guess they can get paid for it. I was going to say like that. And uh, like my eating habits are definitely odd. Um, and I will go into it after this, I think, but. Uh, yeah, we can the- on brand. I think it's good. Yeah, after the on-brand, like we have a thing that we also talked about at dinner that I think would be fun. Sure. Spencer, you got an on-brand? Uh, yeah, okay, I'll throw one out. Um, my uh, law firm recently and had all attorneys come back into office, all butts and seats for everybody. Um, 
across the market. And something I was not particularly looking forward to for a variety of reasons, but went along with it. But it ended up involving a scenario of where trying to explain to a lot of really social people as the one kind of antisocial person, what effect suddenly, you know, from pandemic, just me and my girlfriend, our dog and rabbit in a house, to now 18 people doing all kinds of required social events of where it was just suddenly like, no, 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 you don't understand. I need to go into my office for like an hour now and just be alone now. I'm tired from all of you. Great seeing you. It's it's interesting to do all the social stuff again. I'm worn out from being around all of you now and I need to be alone. And a lot of people that just really had a struggle of understanding what that was. So it feels like for really social people, they don't really always get that, you know, for someone who isn't that, you don't get the same kind of energy from that kind of moment that the rest of you are getting. Like all of them were talking about, oh, this is so great to see you all. This is so wonderful. I love being back in the social setting. I'm like, okay, this is fine. I'm going to go over here now. So that was very much an on-brand moment of me of just not only having to go through it, but having to then try to explain to people what I was going through to a certain degree. There's also not like a socialization debt, right? Like it's not as though you're, you're, you're constantly incurring this need to be around people. And then therefore, once the pandemic's over, now suddenly Mr. Spencer wants to go on a two-week-long vacation with a, a couple of the different couples and spend all their, all their time together. That's, that's ridiculous, right? Nope. Um, it, it's more like, yeah, that, that, that 10% of my time that I could be super social um, of, of my life, that's all gone. That's all in the past. I still have 10% of my time. So <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, it, it doesn't, yeah, there's no till that's, that's a good way to put it. Levi. I don't know. I'm, what? I think I'm probably more of an extrovert than everybody. I'm looking forward to getting back in the office. My company hasn't done it yet. It, it was just an interesting thing, but I had so many friends that were much more extroverted than me talking about, Oh my God, my life has changed so much in the pandemic, being at home, being locked down, not being around others. I don't know how I cope. I'm like, I'm going about my day. Like you said, Levi, like 10% of it has changed in terms of things I you know, look forward to or do the rest of it really just kind of continuing so terry I, I will say that um like so i'm officially remote i've always i mean i've been remote in my my current position that's just the, the nature of working in sort of technical sales you don't need to necessarily be in an office per se um but i will like intellectually say that like there are some definite pros of being in an office and if you live in an area like raleigh durham and you work in a company like like you terry um it it makes sense right as opposed to like boston where you would have to commute for an yeah, hour and Jesus, a half yeah. um, uh -huh. like those, those situations are rougher but if, it, if it's a relatively easy commute there's some benefit of being around people in terms of getting stuff done um while also understanding that you know for people like spencer and i uh, it can also be exhausting <laughs> um hmm. yeah i just think that like what, what's so what i think the big win out of all this is going to be hopefully is that people who are more introverted are going to have more options to not be uncomfortable like for long periods of time right like hopefully like people who are have an introvert like you you know you threw out the 10 percent, right levi like at at our company like i know not every company is this way but some some are, are leaning this way more so after the pandemic is like you could come in for 10 percent of the time like you know what i'm saying you can kind of like pick your own future uh as far as how you want to work and and maybe that's that'll be good for people who have more of an introverted tendency because they won't feel like they have to be around people all the time and be constantly exhausted by being in the workplace at least that's a hope I do think personally, um, I, I just hope that, that when this is being expressed to people who are, you know, 10 years younger than us, um, someone tells someone tells them or they realize quickly that like being in person will help you advance far, far faster than, oh, than, than, than being remote. Like the, the, the face to face time, the casual conversations at the break room, um, the just being in proximity. Um, if you're if you're if you're a striver, if you're looking to 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 go up a trajectory at a corporation, you probably should be in person um, just 
keep that in mind because it it will be different unless you have like a, rem- <laughs> a workforce that is expected to be remote. Um, it's going to be hard to to advance otherwise. There's been hey, multiple Roderick. times on this podcast, Levi, where you've you've said things, and I thought, man, it, if you were a manager at our company, you'd be fired immediately. Like you just, <laughs> like you just, like you say stuff, and I'm like, I mean, I I'm not saying that you're wrong. <laughs> for your company. But I am saying that that what you just described is something that we is we have to fight against because it is absolutely unfair to people who choose to work at home. And like, is it, is it, is it a dynamic? Sure. But we have, like, I feel like personally responsible for fighting against that dynamic so that people who choose to work at home aren't at a disadvantage in their career. I, I fully agree with Levi that, that it's how reality works for a lot of companies, particularly law firms, that if you don't have that kind of in-person exposure or you don't take active steps to find another way to maintain that kind of personal connection, that kind of personal on-the-site view, you're either just not going to get work or you're not going to be considered for things because out of sight, out of mind is very real. Yeah. And I guess that's a that's a difference in like, like I, I, I feel like maybe I could, I can help affect change. Like, so like what you like what i'm hearing from you spencer is that's just the way it is right and like I'm, my mentality I'm acknowledging is, reality yeah yeah but my, my mentality is i i am going to change that for the 14 people who work for me or whatever right like that that's the please do yeah that's the hope anyway because i i really i do get bummed out about that that reality because like some people choose to work at home and that's totally a reasonable thing to do and like they should be able to and we should not you know uh we shouldn't hurt their careers because of it well, I, I might I might propose that we hurt their careers, right? And I, I, I don't think either of us are. It's just a matter of like when you work at a company where your work is variable and you can influence the type of work that you you get to do. You have to build a reputation. You can build that reputation by being just the just the bee's knees, right? Just being awesome at your job, killing it all the time, impressing everyone. Um, you can impress it by you know playing golf uh, or, or, or going to tennis or basketball or whatever with, with, with the folks in the office, but people need to know who you are because otherwise you're going to be forgotten about. Um, and that's just how it is. Right. Terry, I think you have, you have some of that at your company, right. That, that there's a, there's a, a slice of the workforce that my girlfriend is, is, is in that they are basically consultants. Right. Um, and you have to sort of market yourself, not, you don't have to be you know, slimy about it, but you have to market yourself and being in a person makes that a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. There's an old quote that in life, you must be either oh so smart or oh so pleasant. And I think that plays out. Oh, crap. I've got one one lane to be in, Spencer. You've got, you've got two, so. <laughs> All right. Um, Levi, do you have an on-brand? Not really. I'm, I'm not a self-reflective guy. So, I mean, I, that, it, That's fair. that it, it requires me to really start to think about it for a week and try to catch myself in doing things that I... I think other people would find to be absurd, even though I rationally think that it's, it, it is the most efficient uh, way of handling that situation. Um, so I'm going to do a hard pass this time, but I will keep in mind for next week or next two weeks or however long uh, that I need to start thinking about what I do in my daily life a little bit more. And I do appreciate that. That, that is a very on-brand dodge. <laughs> that was your on-brand. On-brand. <laughs> it worked. That's a great point, BJ. <laughs> Uh, I don't really have one either. Um, I mean, I, I think that like the big, like the big change for me recently is um, uh, I spend a, like way too much money on soap. Like I use like a, I use like a $10 bar of soap, like every five days, like in the shower. Um, so it's, it's gotten like, you know, I, I talked about it on our soap episode, mm-hmm. that like I was trending toward nicer soaps. It's starting to get it like critical mass. Like, like I have like four different, like high price bars of soap in my shower. They're going quickly. 
Um, I'm, I'm, I'm lathering heavily. Uh, it's, uh, the budget is, is getting extreme for the soap in my household. For those high price soaps, I intentionally didn't put them or keep them in my shower for fear that they would go faster just from, you know, the humidity, whatever else that it was like, no, these are so, these are so nice and said to me by a friend, I'm going to store them separately for fear that they'll be just, you know, diminished by process of time if I just leave them out. So do you, Spencer, do we need to get you a, a uh, like a wooden box with you know, nice cedar shaving so you can like, you know, use, use the soap and then, you know, let it dry out a little bit and then put it in the cedar shaving. So, so it's, it's saved as, as long as possible. No, I just stuff them in the guest bathroom so guests can enjoy and I don't use them personally. And you don't have guests either. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> properly preserved. It's a, it's a museum. It's a soap museum. Exactly. So- Terry, I think I've, I've thought of an on-brand thing. Um, so uh, my girlfriend and I, we, we purchased the house. We're going through renovations. We're having to make a lot of decisions about buying things. So things like recessed lighting, painting, stain color for the floors, the, all these sorts of things. Um, it, it, it's been made very, very clear to me about how my brain works a little, at least just a smidge, um, by, by the way that I interact with my girlfriend when we're going through evaluations or or, or we're assessing whether or not we should get something right so like we went to crate and barrel to get a chandelier um we're going to replace the chandelier uh hanging like fi- like fixture in the dining room and we want something else and so we're looking over it and we're, we're thinking about it we're trying to mentally place it into into the the the, the dining room that right now houses our it has our disconnected uh stove and uh fridge right so it's not like it's it, it is the space that it'll live in um and my girlfriend's like getting frustrated at me of, of just like, I don't know if this, if this should work. Why do you think this will work? And I was like, I don't know it'll work. I just like, we, how about we just buy it and return it if it doesn't work? It's, I, I just very quickly analyze the situation and say, do I have enough information to figure something out? Can I do anything to figure that information out? And if not, don't worry about it. Just just like get it and figure it out later. Um, because it it's one of these things that you can't. You, you can be cautious all day. You could find reasons not to do something all day, or you could just say, yeah, I don't know it. So I'm going to, I'm going to move on. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to put it into the, into the room, hang it there and see whether it works. Interesting. I can't figure out which side of that fence I fall on. Cause I have examples of each where sometimes I'll just get paralyzed and be like, I can't, I don't know. I'm not doing that. I'm doing that right now with a, a car we have. That's not working. Like I've, I've kind of paralyzed with the repair, but other times I'll just be like, fuck it. Like just roll the dice. Let's just buy whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, it, it's also not full commitment, right? I mean, these are things that you can return. Um, this is not saying, um, hey, we need our our car car has gone out and we have to make a new, a new car decision. How do I pick whether I want to have a crossover or a sedan or a mini car or you know, whatever the, the options are? Like that sort of assessment that requires you to think about it and really, you know, to me, just quickly say, what am I going to be most disappointed by um, or regret? And then <laughs> that's that that's the one you actually secretly want. Um, but for other things, it's just that there, there's no cost of doing this, right? There, I, I put $250 onto my credit card and then had to drive 45 extra minutes to return it. Okay, now it's the charge is gone and I use a little bit of gas. Cool. Um, that just seems like the correct way to do it. I think so. That's not how my girlfriend does thinks about things. Um, she likes to, to, to try to make sure she's making the right choice. Whereas I just say, whatever, doesn't matter. We- we, we found that we're so crippled by indecision when we try to make the right choice that it's better to just make a choice and then you can fix it later. Otherwise, just nothing happens. Yeah. And I think it's realizing how easy things have gotten, how like the cost of fixing things 
has like dropped essentially yeah. as like mm-hmm. we've gotten to where we are in our lives that it's not a big deal to it's like all right well figure out that time to drive those 45 minutes and just return it like it's fine it doesn't really matter whereas like i think that there are points in time where that was either harder or you know that ends up being more of a commitment to you know time and effort and whatever else that's a little bit harder to justify i agree yeah it has gotten and it's gotten easier like i mean like uh, as far as just like um, being in a store and like, like something like a, a light fixture and just being like, I'm going to buy that. Cause I know I can figure out how to put it in because there's a million YouTube t- tutorials. Right. Yeah. And returns are so much easier. Like you, you'll either get store credit or whatever else. And, and, you know, it's just fine. Yeah. The ease of returns has also been supplemented though, by the vast increase in options. So it's one of the things like, I can return it more easily, but the initial choice now has 55 different varieties. Yeah. It's not the one thing in the Sears catalog that fits and then that's yeah. the one you're getting. So it doesn't matter. And that's where Levi's like, you just, just pick something like you, yeah. if you're, if you're not going to be able to do some amount of research to figure out the perfect one, then just do it. Is that, is that fair? Is that, am I paraphrasing correctly? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely am, am, am more of the type to not care about certain things um, or, or think that there are, there's an array of options inside of, inside of a set of choices that doesn't matter. Like A and B are perfectly fine. Um, I'll take either of them. It doesn't really matter to me, right? Like, or do we pick a cylindrical or one of the more uh, rectangle-shaped uh, light fixtures? It doesn't matter. It really doesn't. <laughs> like, it's yeah. So, so this is where I think you're departing from everybody agreeing with you. But I, I, I understand that you don't care. But I think that no. the response of it doesn't matter. Let's just get this one. I'm, I'm saying there are multiple equilibria, and yeah. that there, there, there. There are worse and better choices in that set, right? They think there there are worse cylindrical sure. light fixtures, yeah. um, and there are good cylindrical light fixtures. And if you get a good one and you get a good other one, I think there there's there's some options there. Um, yeah. Now I was also very Levi with the um, uh, the cashier lady, um, which I'm sure <laughs> at Crate and Barrel they are they have some convoluted name um, designers. Maybe they call team, themselves team designers. member. Yeah, yeah. Um, Lifestylist. So I was talking to this chap who was who was helping us out because um, we had driven there because we expected it to be on display um, and it wasn't. And we asked about it. They pull it out of the back and we open up the box and start to look at it and think about it. Um, and my girlfriend wants to know about the return policy to make sure there's nothing crazy going on, which is kudos to her because I I just would have said I can absolutely return it later today. There's zero percent chance I can't do that. <laughs> uh, and then get very indignant at some point. Um, but the the guy I was working with the the the, the designer spoke to one of the other designers who was behind the desk and asked about the return policy on, on lights. Um, and she just like quickly said something like she had a face mask on. She said something quickly and I couldn't hear it. And she also had a little bit of disgust in her voice, like a little bit of like, you guys are just taking up a lot of time for something that's relatively inexpensive. What the hell is your problem? Um, that's how I heard it. And so mm-hmm. I, I responded back quickly of like, I'm going to need you to do that again, except not mumble and explain clearly what you're saying. Um, Damn. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> How did she react? She like she she had a, a smidge of a smile of just like fair enough. I did just sort of quickly do that. Like I it it, it sounds blunt when when it said cold, but in the moment there was a little bit of charm in there because it was like sure. not clear exactly what she was saying. Okay. Now she yeah. she didn't she didn't think I was the most charming person in the world, but it was not like this guy is the biggest asshole I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, it didn't come life. off like he just like it sounded right then. Yeah, I yeah. got you. Presentation yeah. is everything. Um. But yeah, no, it's it. I, I definitely have gotten a lot more curt in in certain certain my interactions with folks. So just like I'm not gonna like 
toy around with asking what I want. Like, come on, my guy, I'm trying to get out of this store. Like if you're, you're going to be a, you're, you're around death, you're going to be a fun senior citizen. Like it's going to be a lot of fun <laughs> watching you exist. Cause I think, I think most people like it's, it trends more that way. You're already like pretty far. Like when you mm-hmm. get 60, man, you're going to be like, no, I still have, I still have ego. Right. I mean, like when, when you come 60, you definitely won't. Right. Or, or, or 80, right. If you're 80, if I make it 80, un- unlikely, but if I make it 80, I definitely will not have an ego. And at that point you'll, you'll be that, that, that perfect example of like an old person who does not give one fuck at all. Can you drive that scooter over for me? I don't feel like walking over there. It doesn't hurt to ask. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you bring that to me. <laughs> old person thing. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna let you. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've caught old people saying that. Where they say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you bring that over to me. <laughs> That's a very southern phrase. Like I. Mm-hmm. Like I, like I, when you said it, I was like, yes, that's a very old person thing to say, but like a very specific place. Cause yeah. like, I, I would have never heard that growing up. It's being said in like, I've church, heard that many times growing church up. Church basement, church basements all throughout the deep South. That phrase is being said. Uh, BJ, I think you said you had one more question for us or one more thing. Yeah, I did. So actually you asked me this, um, how do your habits change when you're like, living the bachelor life that and it was a very funny thing to like reflect on because so my girlfriend's out for the week um so i assume that that you know it's going to impact my my behavior some um and it was sort of funny to reflect on like well what am i going to do differently and what am i not um and for for me a lot of it's going to be like my eating and sleeping habits like sensibly because it's something that we do together um and so like my eating habits just get like weirder, like, you know, plating a reasonable meal, like having a salad prepared with like something else. And then like sitting at a table with, with, you know, plates and silverware, I'm much more likely to like eat out of containers and, and just like toss it in the dishwasher once I'm done. And, and just like, I don't know, living the bachelor life as a, as a heathen uh, kind of thing, Uh, much less likely to you know, be like, well, you know, I don't know about playing Halo at starting at nine, going to like 1130 because, you know, to serve my girlfriend when I'm done kind of thing. Um, Spencer, when, Br- when Bridge is not there, what do you do? I order takeout of the foods that she doesn't like, which is usually Chinese food. She doesn't like Chinese food that much. So I order a lot of Chinese food when she isn't around and I'll go for a lot more walks with my dog. Hmm. Of where I found that when she's out, usually when she's around, we just let the dog in the backyard and pick it up later. Um, when she's not around, I go for a lot more walks with him. And I don't know if it's just for the sake of the company or something to do, but I found that number of walks that we go on together increases several fold when she's gone for an extensive period. Interesting. Levi, when you and when you and Sam are forcing when you have forced isolation periods because you've hung out together too much. Other other than binging movies, because I do remember that being a thing that like when Sam's not around, you just binge like action movies, action movies or, or TV shows or whatever. I mean, if you're going to spoil all the quirks of my character, then <laughs> no reason for me to answer. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, that's like the principal thing that I look forward to. Right. Is it like, hey, there's a there's a, a movie series. It, it typically is action. It doesn't have to be right. Like I've I've binged the Harry Potter movies while while she was like on a business trip back out out uh, pre covid. Um, was she pissed about that? Isn't she a pretty significant Harry Potter fan? I'll watch them again. I, I mean, I, oh, yeah, they're rewatchable for sure. I mean, I. I 
as I recall the situation, she wanted to get me into Harry Potter. So I think she was doing whatever was necessary. Um, mm-hmm. I then later read the books and then watched the movies again together. So, I mean, I, I don't mind watching a movie again um, if it's, if it's any good. Oh, yeah. uh, so, but yeah, the, the action movie series, like I'll, I'll, I'll pick one, right. Maybe it's going to be star Wars. Maybe it's going to be the fast franchise. Maybe it is um, Marvel movies, James Bond, you know, just pick some sort of series and just start just kill yourself. Just what's the longest, like, what's the largest number of movies you've consumed in, say, a weekend doing this um, franchise? It's probably Marvel, right, Leo? Nah, is... be- because Marvel's unapproachable, right? Like, if you're... <laughs> <laughs> you can't do 20 in a weekend. Mm-hmm. That's just insane. Yeah, that's 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 the problem, right? Is that if you do Marvel, like you, you know you can't do it in a weekend mm-hmm. unless you're going to really, really, I mean... Yeah, you can't do it in a weekend. What is it? 20, 20 films, at least two hours a piece. That gets us to 40. Um, we'd Ooh. have to really push it. Um, the, the Fast franchise, um, I, I I killed that on a weekend. Um, That's a lot of films. Eight movies. Eight, eight so far, but not The ninth one was just released. Ninth one was just released. I believe it was before the eighth one w- was released. So, so hmm. it might have been seven. Not so um, bad. Well, Hobbs and Shaw, too. You have the, the, the like Hobbs and Shaw, right? That is Hobbs count. and Shaw wasn't out at the time as i recall i believe i I, am struggling on on the exact plot to the exact movie um but i'm pretty sure the the rock jason statham combo just got started when i when i did that binge Mm -hmm. um so there's that um dj i think your answer uh was was quite apropos right you know eat out containers i don't i don't need to like put on a proper place setting uh on on a, on a dinner table make sure i have a salad bowl and a and a separate plate like we're gonna we're gonna be as as brutal as humanly yeah a- a- economical like i don't want to do more dishes than i absolutely need to like there's no reason for that i, um, he- I hear you but i would also say do you have a dishwasher or no i do so like if you use let's say she's gone for a week so seven days yeah and, and you use one plate a day you're not gonna like do more dishes right you're doing one load uh, no. if you use half that you're doing one load like you're doing a load um so i don't think it i understand why you said that but i don't think it's true i think i think that's just a lie we tell ourselves that we're, that we're trying to do less dishes the answer yeah. is we're just disgusting people who don't care about the pleasantries of civilization <laughs> and when left to our devices that we just we just don't care fair enough mm. i uh, uh-huh. i recently had a reason i asked this question is because for the first time in probably years i spent a, a week without my wife like I, that hasn't happened in a really long time and uh i first off i hand wash every dish so the thing that Levi was talking about really like i the, the the dish efficiency really does matter but nonetheless i still found myself cooking a proper dinner every night with like like to your point Levi, like actually a salad or like on the side separate bowl like main two sides potential dessert option like i was doing an actual meal every single night um, I just, it's just something like I, I was like planning my meals and in part because I was bored and I was like, mm-hmm. I didn't have a lot to do. So I was like, well, why don't I just spend more time like making a dinner? Um, I found, I'll tell you one weird thing I did is I've always like casually liked wrestling, like professional wrestling. Cause I liked it when I was a mm-hmm. kid, but I don't like follow. I'm not like watching Monday night raw every Monday or whatever, but she wasn't here. So I watched the money in the bank pay-per-view all the way through like <laughs> four straight hours. It was on. And Enjoy it? I, w- I was, is rewarded. that why you got the hat? 
no, no, the rock, <laughs> the, the rock is like not in wrestling anymore. Um, I, bu- I bought a rock hat, like a workout hat, but um, uh, no, I was rewarded at 1130 at night on a Sunday, John Cena came back and they hit the horns and the Cena music came hmm. and he came out and it was a, it was a huge moment for all us wrestling fans. So I was rewarded <laughs> for that. That's absolutely nothing that would have been on our television for four straight hours since my wife been here. Um, so, so the other side of the coin, I'm curious, like if you know, when you're not around for a significant period of time, how do you think, like, do you know how your partner's habits change or what do you think changes? Because um, I know that my girlfriend will just, her eating habits will hundred percent go sideways, but like in a different way than mine. Cause like she, she often just doesn't care enough. So like we'll have like breakfast bars or whatever else. And those things like if there isn't food in the fridge or something, those things are way more likely to be consumed for like entire meals. And you'll just be like, eh, whatever. Um, which I find super funny. My girlfriend's inner heart is more like Spencer. Um, that's, that, that's where she wants to go to. So um, when I'm not here, she will commonly stay up later. Um, so she'll, hmm. she'll, she describes it as I forget, hmm. I forget to go to bed. Um, and so like, she'll, <laughs> she'll mess like around. That is a Spencer thing to say mess around on our phone it's like 11 right it's like 11 is late for us that that's that's mm-hmm. that's a rare friday, friday night that's a that, that's a special night um but like she'll she'll do that um definitely there's not as much focus on making proper meals because i think she's like me and like some of us that like cooking for one is a little yeah. sad it's a little eh. like I'll, i don't I'll, know it I'll, makes I'll, me feel organized and but you're a, you're a cook though like, like you're a proper cook, whereas the rest of us like follow recipes a little bit. Um, well, not BJ. Uh, BJ can can proper cook. BJ's a um, cook for sure. Um, but Spencer, uh, and I, I, we're, we're, I'm fully with you, Levi. <laughs> whereas one, which is like, like we're not going to do like a whole big to do by ourselves. Um, we may put something together. We may arrange it. We make a ni- nice elaborate sure. sandwich or something. But we're not going to like make roast beef. That that never is going to happen for us. <laughs> I, I'm never, I'm never going to try something new when like, when I'm like alone, I'll go through like a couple of the old recipes, their old hat, whatever else. But otherwise I'm not going to ex- go explore new artistic ways of expressing my culinary desires when I'm alone. I don't see the point. Um, that's no, I wasn't doing that. I was having like steak, like steak, like it was, wasn't new, but it was, I was cooking meals. Um, also my girlfriend does, um, she, she'll, so I have ADHD and like for me to focus, like for the world to exist, I can't just have like a TV on in the background. That's to me, that's insanity. Um, I would never get anything done. And like, I get very frustrated when I have to do work in those, those environments, I'll go get some earplugs and like you crumpily stand in the corner and just like, I, I, I get away from, away from the sound. Um, that makes mm-hmm. a lot more sense of our time living together in that. Yeah, um, yeah. Same here. But <laughs> she'll, she definitely have like background, background music TV on, um, I, I can't do that. Spencer, I imagine you have a lot of background music TV. Uh, so long because, as it's uh, back, so long as it's background things that I have set for myself and controlled, I enjoy them. I like having background music. I'll listen to podcasts while I work. I'll have the TV going while I'm doing something. No, that's a problem. But just like random people talking and having a conversation that I haven't set, that is distracting. I'll tell you um, one other thing I do like when my, my wife wasn't here is we have a, a dog and two cats and I spent a lot more time with them. Cause I, I had the sense that like they were missing her, like an app probably just projecting, but I thought they were. So I was like, I was trying to make them feel better. Uh, what I, I think when I'm not here, my wife goes to bed earlier and wakes up earlier. Um, I think she's in bed by like nine 30 and, and is up by 6am. Um, 
Yeah, that's something that I meant to say. I'll probably go to bed later and wake up earlier because, <laughs> like, I, I less sleep. Yeah, I mean, when when I was in California uh, before I moved in with my girlfriend, I would routinely stay up till sometime between ten and eleven and get up at like four between four and five a.m. Mm-hmm. and basically once we started living together the I, I was told in mostly no uncertain terms that getting up at those times is unacceptable and I'm not allowed to do that um, and so I mean there was a period of time where I'd right like wake that. up and like mess around on my phone or something until like an acceptable wake up time came about which was like closer to six six thirty that's a great call BJ. I didn't really thought about that. But if I'm, you know, home alone, I will set my alarm at 5 a.m. and just get up at 5 a.m. But I would not do that when Bridget was here because she'll be asleep for another five hours otherwise. So that would just disturb her. So yeah, I I somehow sleep even less and get up even earlier. You wake up at 5 a.m. to work, right? Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. Do you, it you're not you're not God, waking no. up at 5 a.m. to like read a book or do something fun. Like it's work, it's for work, right? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Or or uh, to watch a slasher movie when necessary. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. So that was the other really funny thing. Do, that, like do, do lasso notes. We vaguely yes. addressed uh, when you know when we were podcasting back when I was in California. But like Terry, you teased me about like having like hilariously full breakfasts, and we're recording at like seven a.m. Yeah. I uh, yeah. I'm not a I'm not a breakfast guy, and I, I, I don't eat breakfast. I never never yeah. breakfast it's it's uh and i recognize i'm weird and i probably should i always hear doctors and stuff say i'm supposed to but i just have i typically most days i have if anything i have a light lunch and a big dinner and that's it yeah like a one meal a day guy one of my favorite things on vacation and like it i like i don't know like it's not a lot of vacations but there are like certain specific vacations i think like really relaxing vacations vacations where it's not like i'm going to do something it's yeah. more like I'm resort something like doing, that. yeah, like going sure. to the beach, something like that. The one of my favorite things is to get steak and eggs for breakfast because it's like so like luxurious yeah. and it like this is the epitome of relaxation where like I can just sort of like that's most of what I'm gonna do with my day because like I'm not gonna want to like run around and do stuff after that and I can just chill for hours afterwards. I like the steak in the morning. That's a, if I'm on, yeah. But yeah, I can see that on, on vacation. Yeah, for sure. That's the gene I need to get into, by the way. Um, I, need, I, need to, I need to better express that gene of being comfortable not doing anything because, like, mm, I would have easy. I would have mm. the steak and eggs and then, like, feel really bad about the fact that I've just wasted the morning. Even if I had mm. nothing planned, by the way, and like there was no, there was, no, <laughs> there, there was no counterfactual where I was going to do something adventurous, I'd just say, I could have. And, and I'm impaired from doing that because I have, my stomach is heavy. Um, yeah. Spencer and I got in a very, um, a very polite fight about therapy on the Lasso Low, Lasso Lowdown podcast yesterday. And I think mm-hmm. that's something that therapists really, really hammer home to most people is to, to try to get comfortable not doing anything and letting yourself actually decompress without feeling guilty about it. It's like not an easy thing for a lot of people. That is, that's one of the things I'm looking forward to in, in, in the house that we purchased. There's, there's some areas there that, that seem perfectly suited for this. Now, who knows if I'm actually going to express that, but I'm 
giving myself the best option I'm going to come up with to, to be able to like actually relax, right? There's like a screened in porch with the soft, gentle background music of a brook. Mm. That's, uh, it, it, like, mm. I, I should be able to, to go there and, and chill out. If I don't, it's just a problem with me. If I do, great. Because I think that is probably a thing people would benefit from. For sure. So, okay. so do you have scented candles picked out? <laughs> I got some soap this, recommendations uh... for you, Levi. Uh, I don't have like special ones picked out, but I mean, we're going to have scented candles in the house, BJ. Oh, sure. Um, although BJ, I did recently, uh, I, I, I started talking to my girlfriend. I was, I don't know how we got on it. I guess we we're talking about our contractor who's Israeli and keeps Shabbat. Um, and, and we were like, well, maybe we could do it. Maybe we could like, just say proper the Sabbath is here. It's, it's, it's Friday night. We're going to, we're gonna not do quote unquote work until, um, Saturday, Saturday Sunday. night sundown um and we were going through the things and just like is that a thing that we could do like no electricity no quote-unquote work you can go on walks but you can't work out um or do exercise can you read Uh, Mm -hmm. no no kindles but but you can read so not not like the whatever the jewish book what is it called it starts with torah torah yeah Yeah. um you can read things non-torah yes Um, okay like you can, you can read, um, but both Sam and I have gotten into a habit of using Kindles um, for, for pure convenience. So we'd have to switch over to physical books. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we got into a debate about like um, a Shabbat, like candles. Um, and, and so they're just regular candlesticks, but could they be scented? Is that, is that not okay? Or, or, or do they have to be unscented? Um, <laughs> it, it sounds like there was not a clear answer. That Sam I think had. they oh. could be scented, but like they're made. So they're not like, on for the entire time because you're not supposed to use the light from them for anything so like like and and i think that like one of the problems from scented is like then are you using it like to do something and the answer is obviously not you're just using it to relax so i think it'd be fine um so yeah um so i bj you may be in a better place to answer this can you do like um croquet or bocce or uh, something like that golf. on the Sabbath. Let's, let's I mean, put golf to the side because golf's a bit more, more actual sport as opposed to like super casual one. Oh, no, golf with that in the same boat. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I, I, like, I think you, there are a lot of, the answer is probably essentially yes. Like the, the issues would be like, are you doing anything with your lawn that, that could be problematic? And the answer is basically no. I mean, there are plenty of, almost everybody will when you're younger do stuff like play basketball and you know play sports um and you know it's not a like you're not allowed to do this um so so yeah you could definitely do that you and we also need to say like obviously there's no single answer here right yeah various people have various interpretations but what i'm asking is like is it is it reasonable is this a thing that a, a significant portion of of sabbath observing religious jews would would say is okay whereas like basketball not ideal but yeah it's like so, as a kid we'll we'll tolerate it because you need right. to do something but like as an adult if you went out and, and and played you know five rounds of five uh five games to 21 they'd say you probably shouldn't do that right i i think that there that there's going to be like a segment of the population that is just like no you should be dedicating this to like you know Bible study and things like that. And then there, you know, but there is going to be a significant mem- like portion of the population that's like, yeah, you know, if that's relaxing to you, you know, go for it. Um, so, you know, in all things religion, it depends on who you ask.
but it, I, I think that I would say that there's nothing intrinsically uh, that would violate like the laws of Sabbath. So needless to say, Sam and I are intrigued. Like it, it, it'll be hard for us, but I'm intrigued by the prospect of like no internet once a week, like just for like one, one day a week, you don't have internet, you don't have distractions, you don't have stupid TV, you don't have video games. I know Spencer, you're shaking your head. <laughs> Spencer's disgusted with this plan. <laughs> I know you are confused by this. You don't understand what you do with your time. Um, but you, you could say that, but if, if, if scuba diving is okay, Spencer, you, you spend a day going, going scuba diving. Well, I'm not even insisting it that way. I, you know, t- turned off the internet uh, for own leisure just fine, not issue. I'm like, my job would fire me if I like fully disconnected, even on vacation kind of thing. It's just like, it's. They so would fire you if you option. disconnected on vacation. Spencer, if you're observing the Sabbath because of your religion, <laughs> I'm guessing yeah, that, that, that your, your law firm will not I can't fire you. Assess I don't know, man. His, his, can't folks assess pretty, that way. his folks are pretty strict, man. There are definitely lawyers at your law firm that completely disconnect for 25 hours on the Sabbath. Oh, they're still emailing. <laughs> That, like really, you you have no observant Jews in your in your law firm. I, I don't have any very observant Jews in my office, so I can't really assess in that way. Okay. I don't know in the broader office. Yeah, That's I've had surprising. people. I've had people work for me who observe the Sabbath, and, and like, not going to shock you guys. Like, we were pretty strict about letting them do that. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, you, yeah, you have to no, be. No pressure. There. Yeah, no pressure on them to to work on the Sabbath, and that's okay. I was more looking at it as like you know, Gentile me just suddenly says, "Eh, I'm not going to respond to any emails today." They don't know. They're no purity I, tests. I, I'd get assessed in a certain way. It's like, hey, let's talk about this a little bit, Spencer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going to need you to tell me some uh, Jewish facts. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you about Arbor Day. <laughs> oh, God. There's so the that joke. So needless to say, we're not going to probably go full Sabbath, BJ, but yeah. maybe a little bit. Like, yeah. that- that actually seems like a smart thing to do in our modern world, which is like, yeah. just disconnect from all of the, the distractions that we have in our lives. One day a week is doable. Yeah. And, and I mean, or like choose what you limit and then see if that works well for you and keep going. I mean, the, my mom yeah, that's a good idea. and my girlfriend like have had long discussions about this. Um, so I like that a lot. I, that's I'm a good idea. Glad that, that you guys are considering it and some of the benefits of it. All right. Well, uh, I think we've covered a broad range of topics here. This has been uh, enjoy. I actually really uh, am excited to be on the horn with you guys. We have been about two months without doing this call or doing uh, the Megan Talks podcast. So I've uh, personally really enjoyed getting on the call and, and yammering with you guys this morning. Um, BJ, anything you want to plug before we roll out? Um, yeah, I mean, we're going through Mangum Reads and hopefully getting getting back on that horse, uh, going through a bunch of stuff. And there's a lot of exciting stuff that I'm looking forward to reading. Um, and, uh, also making Spencer read things that aren't on that list because I think they are part and parcel to his life. There's a story called, uh, two truths and a lie that, uh, I think is basically how Spencer lives his life. Um, and highly <laughs> recommend how he tells stories. read it. So uh, yeah, we'll, be, uh, we'll actually probably be reading it later on today. All right, cool. Uh, yeah, and if, you, uh, if you're if you still with us on this podcast, I'm guessing you like hearing us talk if you've got all the way to this point. So if you do, uh, we have another podcast where all four of us uh, get on the horn and we review movies right now. We're viewing horror movies and specifically we're doing the OG versions of slasher movies, which I think is pretty interesting. We're doing like the original Friday the 13th, the original Child's Play, et cetera, et cetera. So if you like hearing us talk, that's another podcast where all four of us get on and, 
and just chat for a while. So anyway, thanks for joining us. Uh, this is Mangum Talks and we will see you next time.